the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, welcome back. Episode 11. And I feel like it's been fucking ages since we've had a conversation. It has been, right? I mean, like, it, well, I mean, we just talked yesterday, right? But I mean, still, it's like... <laughs> it's been ages. It's, it's been, been one ages. day. <laughs> no, I mean, since we, report, since we recorded the podcast, because we did it last last Monday, like that That's difference right. in a couple of days really is a long time, like... It is, uh, and 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 I'll tell you, uh, time's flying right now for me. This this month is uh, a month of October, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So I literally have had talks every single day. I'm like putting in like 50 hours a week, uh, you know, 60 hours a week at times uh, for it. So uh, still get my training in though, but uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm ready for Education Awareness Week to be off, and then back to my normal schedule. So. <laughs> And you've got a new top for anybody who's watching on YouTube. Huh? I got some merch. Look at this merch, huh? Look at this merch. Look at the back. Huh? The back is really awesome, huh? Right? Nice. Nice. So. Nice. I was going to, I obviously only have the hoodie and I was like, it's far too warm for me to be stood here wearing a hoodie and then too much taking it off. But anyway, I'm Ben Canning. And I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health. So today, well, let's catch up. What's going on? Oh, uh, listen, you know, uh, I feel like I'm in my stride right now, man. Uh, so like this week, uh, cause it's close to Halloween and everything, uh, they have what's called hell week, uh, at orange theory, which is supposed to be like an even more intense program. But you know, like, here's the thing, like when I go to train, I, I, I go to train, right? So if, if the program is light for what, what their normal program is, I still destroy and kill myself. So there's only so much destroying and killing yourself that you can do in a, in a, in a 60 minute period. So like while these hell weeks are challenging, it's no more than what I've been doing before. But one thing I'll tell you is that like, I, so, so today I had a, a talk, uh, I had to give in person, uh, at, uh, nine 30 in the morning, which my normal time for working on orange series between eight 15 and nine 15, which I wouldn't be able to make the talk. So I scheduled myself at uh, six forty-five this morning, which means I have to wake up at five thirty in the morning. Is that why you were up super early? It freaked me out. I was like, "Who replied to message?" <laughs> like, it's not time for him to be up. Something's wrong. <laughs> no. And, and last night I had a couple old fashions with some buddies. Uh, you know, again, put put in my caloric breakdown, so I didn't I didn't uh, break the bank there. But uh, um, you know, woke up this morning at five thirty, like ready to go. Pre workout kicks in, ready to go. Went there and owned it. And uh, you know, I cannot wait to hit my. Uh, uh, stride and the weightlifting that we have to, uh, for legs today, um, this afternoon, as soon as we get on this podcast. So like, I just feel like things are just going really freaking good on the training front. My health wise, I feel strong. I look strong. Um, you know, and, and we'll get into discussions here, but whatever black magic you do around calories, I still don't understand. Uh, because like now it's now I've my way to stabilizing in the 226, 227 mark still. Um, and we've been increasing calories and, you know, it's just, uh, it's crazy to see the progression of, of everything. And, uh, you know, it's just so much fun. So much fun. Good. Good. I must, um, I must have had 30 people by the way, at the conference say, Oh my God, you, you packed on the COVID 20 in a good way. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did it the right way around. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, please feel free for me not to bastardize this, but you were nominated for awards today. 
I was. Um, I uh, got our, um, basically a, an entrepreneur award for uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in Ohio, which is really cool. Um, and you know, being able to keep jobs here in Northeast Ohio, uh, in high demand, high paying, uh, uh, you know, areas of focus around cybersecurity. Um, you know, so I got recognized for that, which is a really good honor uh, and a cool, cool a testament. And you know, we um, we're building a brand new building for our new new company, uh, Trusted Tech. Uh, it's going to be you know, a 40,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility with training facilities. Uh, we want to be able to bring more jobs to Northeast Ohio, uh, as well as, you know, across the country, um, but train new generation of kids uh, to come into cybersecurity and really hit the ground running. So we have a whole new junior program we just rolled out where, you know, we, our, our goal is to try to maximize as many kids coming, you know, from college or other areas to teach them the right way in cybersecurity and get them high-paying jobs. So, um, you know, going really, really great on the business front and uh, just... And it's going to have a gym. And it's so, so, uh, funny story about that. Actually, um, we went to go see the place on Thursday and, uh, Aaron, Aaron was like, so your gym's over here and this is the space that you have. And I look at my builder. I'm like, listen, is there any way we can build this out a little bit larger? Uh, <laughs> just because and Aaron's like, Fred, do not listen to him. Like, keep it the way it is. That's all he gets for a space. And I'm like, but I can only fit like a rack, a tonal and like a squat machine here. And then maybe a treadmill, and I might be able to fit something else, but but I need these things here, right? And uh, she's like, "This is what you get." Sorry. So, but I but I, I'm going to be able to get um, have a full rack there. I'll put a tonal, um, you know, put a treadmill and some other stuff, some some miscellaneous stuff there. But uh, really excited about the gym, which is great. So, <laughs> cool, cool. How about you? How you been doing? Uh, doing really good. Um, I had my first injury, training related injury, last week, and it really threw me off. Like I've never, you know. Thankfully, I've never had any serious injuries and it, it wasn't as serious as it could have been, but just being a total meathead doing deadlifts with someone who's much stronger than me. And it wasn't a weight that I couldn't lift. Um, I just shouldn't have tried to do the last rep. And I just heard this like internal pop in my back and I was like, oh, fuck, I can't ever walk again. <laughs> oh, man. Stood up, stressed it out. It was sore. I did finish my session, which I maybe shouldn't have, but whatever. Um and it's been fine ever since. Um, I am going to get it checked out though on Friday. So that was a bit of a, a curveball for me because I've never experienced that before. Um, but yeah, aside from that, everything is good. Um, everything's good with the new coaching group. Um, everything's good with my own training and nutrition. Since I've had at Helmy sort of overlook my nutrition, I feel actually incredible because I think probably the biggest thing that I can take away from what I was doing versus what I'm doing now is I probably wasn't eating all the food that I should be eating. So now I have a, a very strict meal plan um, that I'll talk about in a second, but it makes sure that I, it, it makes sure, it makes me make sure that I tick the boxes. I actually eat the food and I'm, you know, using it as a bit of a checklist and yeah. training feels good. Dead day, I feel good. I have a lot more energy. So all in all, I have absolutely zero complaints. That's awesome. It's 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 incredible how much of an impact nutrition and food has on your body. You know, making sure you're getting the right calories, making sure you're eating enough, making sure you know all these different aspects that I think, uh, you know, have a huge impact on how we feel, our performance, you know, how our body replenishes and rebuilds itself. You know, if you've read Own the Day, you know, um, Ari Marcus's comment is, "You are what you eat." Eight. Um, so you know, it's like, hey, if you're replenishing yourself with you know, a bunch of meats that have been, you know, hit with probi you know, antibiotics and everything else there, then you're going to be replenishing your body with shit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that strict diet stuff that is in diet's not the right word, but strict, you know, um, nutritional aspects that I think make a, a big difference in, in how you feel. And I, I'll tell you, I, I watched a, 
video recently. It was from a bodybuilder that works over at uh, the Animal Pack, Animal Stack company that does those supplements. I think it was more of a promo for their supplements, but it was a great interview to kind of understand what the guy eats. And he's like, I'm not a professional bodybuilder. I'm a professional eater. And the amount of food that that, but first of all, the guy's like insanely big. I mean, the dude, he's a big boy. I mean, he's a big boy, big muscles. I mean, like they're huge, right? I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, and it's like, it's crazy because, you know, his, his workout routine in the mornings, like an hour long and that's it. The rest of the day's eating, you know? And it's like, like he, he, his cardio is walking, you know, on a treadmill for like five minutes to get his heart rate up. And then it's basically pounding the weights for an hour. And then that's it. And then he's just pounding himself with food all day long. It's crazy. Um, and he's, you know, he's like, like four chicken breasts and like five servings of rice. And then he does, you know, like snacks in between and then another huge meal and another huge meal. And at the end of the day is like a huge thing of pasta. I'm like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like, but I feel that same way right now too, with 3,600 calories. I'm like, I'm eating all the time, but it's, it, you know, I feel great. I mean, I feel absolutely wonderful with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually that's a good point to note. So Helmy, my friend that I used to work with in the, on the gym floor, who's taking control of my food, he, his goal is to become a professional bodybuilder. So he's going through that, that sort of journey at the minute. Um, and you know, watching him eat and how on the ball, like ticks the boxes, absolutely no matter what, like that yeah. is his priority. It's incredible to see in it's a good environment, obviously, for me to be in. But the funny thing is, and actually leads on to the point that I, that I made a note is, I know myself that I operate best whenever I have a strict meal plan. And yeah. I've said this before, like, I'm not a person that would recommend that to a lot of people. Like, I don't know how many calories I'm eating, but I know exactly what I need to eat in terms of the meal. It's literally down to like, you know, breakfast is three whole eggs, a bagel, five grams of butter and 120 grams of lean beef, like things like that, like super specific. And I operate best whenever I have that because it's just a tick box. I feel good because I've ticked the box and then my sessions are good around that. But the point that I wanted to sort of make, and this will lead us into the calorie kind of thing, you know, Matt that I've spoken about endless amounts of times, on his story, he was talking about meal variation and how there's a movement obviously within the industry to give as much flexibility and as much freedom with food as possible, which yeah, yeah. I stand by, like oh, I'm yeah. for that. But yeah. his point was, you know, at the same time, you need to sort of have a bit of wisdom with that. And is there a point where it gets to, you have too much choice and too many decisions that you end up just fucking it either way. Mm -hmm. So his sort of point was if you struggle to understand what you need to eat and you know, too much choice and you get like almost decision fatigue, if you sort of map yourself out two or three go-to lunches, two or three go-to dinners and just sort of cycle through those, it becomes a lot better and you get a better understanding of how your body responds to certain food. Now, not, you know, obviously long-term you can change things up, but if you're struggling with what do I eat or how do I make my calories up or how do I hit my protein goal or how do I make my meals up, just literally break it down into two or three choices and you just cycle through them on a daily basis, meal by meal. And I think that sort of is a good balance between me having a super strict meal plan and then just having the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want. Like having that sort of in between is is definitely where a lot of people should be. And definitely it's a good start point for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, some of those pre-made meals too can also help, you know, there's like freshly and a few of the other ones out there. I use Tavala, um, which, you know, what's nice about that is as you're ordering the food, you know, you can see the macro breakdowns of everything as you're ordering it. So I try to stick within, you know, between the a 300 to 600 calorie meal um, each time. And I know I can space that out, you know, based on what, you know, chicken proteins, everything else I'm getting as part of that to kind of stay consistent with my food um, in that way. And 
what's interesting is when I first started with you, Ben, um, you know, I, I, I remember I would crave things like Taco Bell and those types of things, man. You know, I, I think I did a Taco Bell recently, but like prior to that, like I hadn't touched and, and I actually didn't really even enjoy it, which is, you know, I love Taco Bell. Um, but it, it previously that it probably been eight or nine months since I had Taco Bell because I just don't, don't need it. You know, it's not part of my, my day to day, um, activities that I use from a calorie perspective. And I think, you know, uh, the thing that, that I, I still struggle with, and you know, this is, you know, the amount of calories and the weight gain, you know, one thing that. I'm sure that everybody comes to you, especially if they're they're in an overweight capacity, is they want to shed the weight, right? And they want to see that continual reinforcement of that weight going down. You know, what I think you do really well is is balance that with something that is sustainable long term to be able to put on muscle, which eventually equates to gaining weight, right? There's a certain inflection point there where you shouldn't be losing any more weight. You should be gaining weight. In certain areas, and I remember the first time I started working with you, uh, you sent me a video of me, I think, doing a 135 pound uh, deadlift, which you know I just hit 505. Just throw that in there again, really quick. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> um, what, what was crazy about that, though, is I remember seeing a, a picture. I, mean, I sent this to you earlier. You know, um, it was that you know I was much leaner then uh, because I was down to two, you know like 195, 200 pounds when I started with you. I think I was at like 217 or something like that, or 219. Um, and right now I'm at 227, but you look at the, the insane difference of body composition at that point in time versus now it's, it's a different person. Right. Uh, and I think that's the hardest thing for me to understand is this, this black magic around dark magic around, um, you know, uh, uh, calories, because I would have never pushed myself, you know, as far from a calorie perspective as you have, uh, and, 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 it's not to say that I don't trust you because I do obviously, but I'm going to say like, there's times where I'm like, man, I think Ben's kind of crazy here with this. I don't know why, why I'm doing this. And you know, what's crazy though is, you know, when I first started on this, I was getting about a pound a week, which, you know, I, so I of course I start freaking out uh, over that, but it balanced itself out. And I started losing weight, which means, Hey, I actually have more muscle that's burning that, 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 you know, those calories. And I need to adjust appropriately to be able to do that. And we're, in a position to be able to move that forward to ensure that that continuously balances and I maximize my, my gain on that. So, you know, explain to me how you go through that with, with people. It's, it's crazy for me still. I think there's a couple of points I want to touch on with that. You know, the, the first point is the, the not trusting yourself with it. And this is where it's good to have someone to be accountable to or someone to, you know, to tell you that it's okay. You know, as I sort of joked with you last week, that, if you had have increased your calories, as soon as you started to put on weight, you'd have freaked out and took them back down. But because I've told you that it's okay and we've continued to increase them, like like you said, you would have been nowhere near the calories that you're at now because you would have gained the pound and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wake close. up and be old Dave again and like I just can't do it. The other point to note is, and I actually mentioned this, I was doing um, Jason's check-in feedback today and he, was, he mentioned a couple of times about BMI and BMR. And you know my standpoint on this, that okay, they're a good tool to a certain extent, but there's a lot of things it doesn't take into consideration. And I use myself as an example. I don't know if I've ever shared these photos with you, but there's two photos that I remember and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm 92 kilos in both. I don't know what that is in pounds, but over 200 and something probably. But I'm 92 kilos in both. And one, I am, one of them, I was just chasing weight to be heavier. I was on that road. I wanted to be a hundred kilos and I was just eating a lot of food and I was like out of shape. I was skinny fat. The other one was like 
three or four weeks after my last shoot and I was like shredded. I looked massive and I, you know, I'm 92 kilos in both photos, but they're entirely different. And that's obviously what you're saying about body composition and muscle mass. But my point with that is BMI and even BMR don't take these things into consideration. If I hadn't entered the data, you know, five years ago versus last year or whenever the years were, I'm the same height. I was the same weight. I had the same activity levels. I did the same sort of training. I did the same amount of cardio. I did the same amount of steps. But I was two entirely different people. It was going to give me the same number for BMI, probably said I was obese and also give me the same number for BMR. So it's a difficult one to sort of manage. And my sort of thought behind that, the two sides of it are don't get so caught up in the numbers, both from what the BMR says, but also what your, your wearable tech and the data says. Because again, it doesn't take into consideration you as an individual. So. If you get your BMR result is 2,700 calories, does that mean that every single day, if you just lay in your bed and didn't do anything at all, that you were burning 2,700 calories? Maybe not exactly. Right. Flip side of that as well is if your whip tells you every day that you're burning 2,700 calories, are you burning 2,700 calories? It, it's hard to tell. So while it's great having all this information, you need to look at it as, okay, consistently and consistent is the best way that I can yeah. and sort of describe it. You know, if there's a big change, then that's whenever you're like, shit, right, okay, maybe you need to address this. Um, so yeah, that's a point that I want to touch on that. In terms of the calories and what we do, it's just magic. Like it's, there's just no, there's no, <laughs> it seems like, it's just, no, I'm well, well, one thing, one thing I'll say really quick to interject there is that, you know, having a, a consistent framework that you're using, I, I will see very commonly where people will use a wearable device that tells them, Hey, you know, I burned 2,700 calories today so I can eat 2,700 calories or whatever yeah. that ends up being. Right. And, and, and you're not consistently tracking that to understand, is that accurate or not for your body? And the way that you look at that and, and the way that you approach it, which I really appreciate um, is weight is one aspect, okay? Because, um, you know, we weigh ourselves every day to understand, hey, what's our average for the week? It's not one day. You know, one day you might shoot up three pounds. One day you might shoot down two pounds. You know, it depends on everything that's going on in your di- di- digestive tract. And especially if you're, you know, starting to get into more protein, um, you know, heavily protein-rich uh, diets uh, nutritionally, you're going to gain weight very quickly. That will balance itself out really fast. You know, it's just more of a digestive thing. Um, so if you gain eight pounds in one day, do not sweat it. It's not eight pounds that you're, it's just, it's food that you're pushing through your body. So, but the, the biggest thing there is, um, you know, the, the measurements. So, you know, I have one of these digital rempos, um, that I can measure, you know, my biceps and my waist and everything else. Listen, if your waist is going down, uh, and your hips are going down, and your quads, calves, biceps, shoulders, everything else are increasing, then why are you using weight as that standard? And, and, I'm, and I'm basically talking to Dave here right now, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> uh, um, but, but that weight is a good measurement of, hey, am I getting enough calories either A, to lose one to two pounds a week, uh, you know, or do I want to gain one to two pounds a week? And, and what does that look like? And what's my balance from a calorie perspective, which, by the way, always changes based on the amount of muscle mass that you have in your body. So, you know, it, it's this constant variable, but the tracking that you you have us do and that you review uh, has been really important for me as a framework so that, you know, I'm not relying, I don't pay attention to what my whoop band says from a calorie perspective. I know that if it's a training day, I'm eating 3,600 calories. If it's a non-training day, I'm eating 3,200 calories, right? And that that's what we do. And that's our baseline of, of our entire week. Yeah, I think exactly what you said there, you know, it's a baseline. And Whenever anybody comes on board with me, I don't use any sort of calculator or any sort of magic formula. I just, from experience, will give them a start point as to where I feel like they should be or where their body will respond. I don't always get it right, and that's fine. But 
what I try and do is create that baseline, see how their body responds, and then just adjust it on a weekly basis. So the benefit of that is you're never going to go more than a week. If I'm wrong, we're never going to go ever, you know, we're never ever going to go more than a week of being wrong. And I can just adjust it the other side. As you know, and as we've said before, like I don't make massive adjustments, like a hundred calories is the max yeah. plus or minus. I, I will, you know, I'll never adjust more than that unless we are going from a different phase or whatever. And for me, the biggest sort of hurdle that I face, and you can 100% fight me on this, is trying to get you to understand that we aren't focused on weight and that's not the be all end all. And, you know, I genuinely, I probably talk about it every single day and definitely every group call and anybody that I speak to, you know, it's that trying to step away from weight. And again, to talk about Chris, you know, since we, I think it was, I think it was the start of October, we decided we weren't going to focus on weight because he was getting frustrated with his progress and his weight wasn't moving. And I was like, right, we're going to totally step away from that. What we're going to do is we've been in a deficit for, you know, six months. I'm going to bring your body back up to maintenance level and we're going to focus on getting stronger and focus on other things away from weight. And I was like, we don't have to weigh yourself if you don't want to. He did continue to. And the funny thing about it is I probably increased his calories, you know, four or 500 over the past however many weeks it's been. His weight has gradually come down now that he's not so focused on it. He feels better. He feels stronger. Yeah. And it's again every week he's like, what the fuck is going on? I just don't understand. <laughs> it's just mag- It's the Ben magic sauce, man. I, I'm the same way. Like, I understand what's going on. But at the end of the day, I'm like, how? Like, like does it make any sense? Like, but I'll tell you, the, the, the increase in calories for the type of training we do, you feel – you, you, first of all, you push yourself even harder, um, in training because you have the energy to do it, right? If you're in a deficit all the time, it's very difficult to get that motivation and energy that you need to, to push yourself through. And second, you know, like it, again, it's a variable target where your body has to adjust, you know, with the increased muscle mass and everything else. And, and so that moving target, and I love how you do it because it's never a drastic change. If, you know, when you, when you first start off, you know, what you told me is like, listen, you know, you're going to be eating a lot more protein. So, you know, expect you to gain a few pounds, you know, the first couple of weeks until your body adjusts to understanding what that means, right? To digest that, that food more appropriately and, and kind of to a baseline. And then we're going to make adjustments. And yeah, I remember you did the exact same thing to me where you, you gradually started to bring my calories up and, you know, my weight, you know, started to tick up, which is what we wanted to do. Um, it freaked out a couple of times, but, you know, but it, it was at a point where I didn't need to lose any uh, more weight because I was already at a lean state in the first place. So, you know, like, all of those things really are a gradual change. And, and I think when I see people, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm cutting 500 calories today, you know, and, you know, to, to adjust. like, don't do those big increments, just do small ones, you know, just see how your body reacts to hundred calories or 200 calories. Cause remember that's spaced over seven days. So, you know, a, you know, hundred calories is 700 calories that less that you're, you're eating per week, you know, you start to add that up and yes, you start to lose weight off of that if you're in a deficit. So. Yeah. And I think the other point to note is, you know, I, I don't just look at the input in terms of the food. So, you know, if I want to make a hundred calorie adjustment, I don't have to do that from food. I can do that from output. Yeah. And anybody who's ever had a conversation with me about this, you know, I am a big advocate if I want all you guys to be eating as much food as you possibly can and still move towards your goal, which I realize is the total opposite of everything you've ever been told. But the reason being is I don't want everybody feeling like shit. I don't want you to be irritable. I want you to get the most from your workout. So it's not like it doesn't feel like a waste of time or it's not frustrating. And, you know, 
you don't need to do these massive sacrifices or like you said, these, these massive drops. So there's so many different things that we can adjust that you don't necessarily just need to cut calories for the sake of it. Um, and I think, you know, another good example of this is Louise. Like in the time that we've worked together, I think I've pretty much only ever, like she maybe would crack me and maybe drop them a couple of times, but I've only ever brought her calories up. And in the past year, she's lost 55, 60 pounds, something it's like amazing. that. And she is the same. She's like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's working. <laughs> and it's so funny because she'll send me photos of like a shoulder being like, why does my shoulder look that? And I was like, yeah, you can actually just see the entire muscle. And she was like, yeah. I kind of like it. And I'm like, that's, you know, building muscle is the best thing that you can do for overall body composition. The yeah. more muscle you have, the more calories you will burn. And I know I joked about this before, but the best fat burner that you can ever take or do is just by building muscle. It's nature's fat burner in itself. Um, and, you know, as you start to, build muscle and get heavier, you're, there's more demands on your body. So you need more calories. So then you get into that positive space. And the thing about sort of where we're at and bringing up the calories, you'll notice that I don't make those changes every single week. We'll maybe see that your, your weight, the average will go up by two pounds. And I'm like, right, okay, we'll hold this for a couple of weeks. Cause I want you to what we deem to be own the weight and just sort of let your body acclimatize to that. And then, you know, if we start to see a gradual drop, I'm like, right, okay, now is the time to come up and, it's just a case of monitoring the data week by week and making the changes accordingly to it. Like it's, it's as simple as that. Well, one thing I can, I can, um, relate to on this is, uh, I, w- I went to, uh, my, my son's football, uh, celebration party for, for ending the season or whatever. And they had a bunch of pizza there and everything else. And, uh, you know, I, it, I, it wasn't planned on my day to eat pizza. So I wasn't going to eat pizza. And one of the, the moms is like, you know, Hey, why don't you have a pizza? I'm like, Oh no, Hey, I'm good. I, I already eat before I came here. Right. And she's like, oh, come on, you can have a cheat day. You know, this is a, just consider this your cheat day. I'm like, I don't have cheat days. Like, I, I never have a cheat day because every day is just like, excuse me, sit down. I'm about to educate you here. Yeah, One here. second. Let me let me break this down really quick. All right. <laughs> I don't need to be mansplaining anything to anybody. So but uh, I, you know, I basically was like, you know, I, and I said, you know, I really appreciate it. I actually don't have cheat days at all. And she's like, you don't have cheat days. And I'm like. No, I, I actually incorporate everything I eat into the days of, of calorie breakdowns and macronutrients of what I want. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that, that sounds awesome. I wish I could do that. I'm like, you can. I'm like, if you want any, if you want, if you want any help, just let me know. I'm happy to talk to you. Uh, I know this awesome trainer named Ben Canning. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, you know, it, the, it, I think Luis was saying it the other day, which I thought was, was really funny on the, the BC chat, was, uh, you know, she was sitting with two of her friends, and one of her friends was complaining um, about how her trainer wasn't interactive and, and she was always starving all the time and always needing, you know, wanting more food. The other one was talking about this awesome keto app that their trainer had recommended to them, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, and, and Luis is just sitting here like, eh, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. Actually, everything's good with me. You know, <laughs> I'm eating whatever I want, yeah. you know, I, I'm in with, you know, and I've lost 50, 60 pounds over, you know, span of a year, you know, so like, you know, the, I, I love the concept that you talked about very earlier, which is, you know, our nutrition should be something that's flexible, right? It, it's it's something where we should allow ourselves to eat the foods that we want to, to enjoy foods, you know, to, to, to do those types of things. But obviously within moderation in a framework that allows us to control this. Again, when we were cavemen and cave women, uh, you know, we didn't have the ability to have access to the types of foods that we have today. You know, highly fat, you know, uh, fat enriched foods, highly, you know, sugar based foods, all of the preservatives and everything else that was in there. But literally, you know, to get food today is the most easiest thing possible for anybody. Um, you know, there's there, in, in, in well-developed countries, obviously, um, unfortunately, and others that are folks that are starving. But, um, 
you know, when you look at that and you say, well, now we have all this food readily available and our bodies are designed to store fat. We, we have to put confines on that. And that's actually what they've been doing a lot of scientific studies on. Uh, and I think I mentioned this in the other podcast before, but um, the live podcast I listened to, uh, and it was also recently uh, commented on the Huberman Labs podcast, but they, uh, of course, um, they, I, I, I was waiting. I got to make sure every podcast, I got to, I got to throw them in every podcast. Um, but we, uh, the, the, the biggest thing was they, they, they took um, animals and they've also tested this in humans where they um, took them out of, you know, natural, uh, 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 nature and, 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 and put them into essentially cages, you know, for, which is what we are doing right now. We're in cages. Right. Um, and they put, uh, t- took two groups, one that had access to any food that they wanted to, uh, at any time. So they were in a surplus and then access to those that were in a, cal- uh, uh, caloric deficit or at least a 70% shave of normal food that they would eat. So to take into consideration the less amount of activity, the hunting for food, everything that your body needs for that, they took it down basically to 70% of what they normally would eat in, in the wild. And the ones that had access to all the food grew obese and had heart issues and all these chronic, you know, major issues as far as health is concerned. The 70%, while they weren't as muscular uh, from a muscle mass perspective, they maintained healthy weights and longevity um, based on that caloric restriction. So, you know, again, you know, you look at this from a, a Calories in versus calories out. It's at the end. I mean, there are some nuances to this. Obviously, it's not exactly the, the the this this piece here, but understanding what you are you're putting out and what you need to replenish your body and what your objectives and goals are for your body are all things that are obtainable with everything that you do in uh, you know in da- daily life. But I think that framework that you 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 put in place for for us. You know, I don't feel guilty when I go out and have three, you know, uh, old fashions and, you know, I take my recovery to 19%, which I feel great, by the way. So I'm, I'm, I'm blown, I'm blowing my body away today. Um, but, uh, you know, those things uh, allow us to be flexible, to go out and have a, a nice steak or a, a pasta dinner or pizza. It's just, you know, incorporating that into what you do from a caloric intake perspective and don't go above that. So it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, it needs to be something that you can do long term. And I was just off a call with, with a guy who's, um, joining the other group. And he basically says that he finds that, you know, he can do two or three weeks on said diet and then something will happen, a trip away or a night out with his friends. And he'll totally shit the bed in terms of his calories. And then that's him quote unquote off the wagon and he finds it hard to get back on. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be an off the wagon kind of thing. Like all these things can be accounted for and that can just be your way of life. So if it is a trip away, if it is a birthday, if it is a night in with the boys, if it is a pizza, like all of these things can be accounted for. And I think that that's the hardest thing for people to get over there. Like, like exactly like that, you know, you, you won't say it, like have a pizza, it's your cheat day. And I'm like, number one, fuck cheat days out the window because that sort of relationship that you build with food is massively negative. I can, pretty much guarantee if I decided that I want to have a slice of pizza every single day, I would be absolutely fine. Do you know what I mean? Like all these things can, can be incorporated. And I think it's just the relationship that people have with food and you're exactly right. You know, back when we were cavemen, we couldn't do Deliveroo or Uber Eats, you know, a Domino's or whatever. Like we had to go on and get the food. And I think that's sort of why everybody's so fucked up at the moment. <laughs> well, like, listen, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I remember this as clear as day. I, I have examples of my my journey and this this whole thing. And, and I will say, having a trainer like yourself has been so instrumental in my success with this. Because I, for one, I wouldn't be as far along as I, I am today um, in in gains and strength and confidence and my understanding of health, etc. I mean, it just goes on. 
but but when I have things like setbacks, for example, I remember there, I was one time I messaged you. I think it was a, on a Sunday. And of course, you get right back because you're awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, I was like, dude, I, I was over for poker night and I just ate a ton of shit. And, you know, I was eating pizza and I was doing this and drinking beers. And, you know, I blew past my calories by at least 900 calories. And I, and I think I said in the, the text message, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking punish myself today and I'm not going to eat those calories. I'm going to destroy myself and, and whip myself back into shape. And you're like, dude, he's like, first of all, I, I hope I haven't given you the impression that you need to do that because, you know, going out one day, in the grand scheme of what you're doing is not going to impact your training in any way, shape or form. So just, you know, go, go at it, you know, go at it and, and get back on, on track with what you're doing and just don't make it a habit of doing it every day. And that makes sense. Like it, you have to understand you're flipping the entire model of what you do today, right? Instead of you not taking care of your body, not getting your sleep, not getting the right nutrition, you know, making that your habit, you're making a healthy lifestyle your habit. And guess what? If you have one day where you, you fuck up and, 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 and something's wrong and you overeat and you don't count your calories and it's just one of those days out with the boys or girls, you know, that's one day in comparison to the lifestyle and legacy that you've started to build here. You know, if you start eating healthy today for one day, are you going to hit your objectives and goals of being healthy, your cardio, your muscle mass, everything else that you want to do? F no. It takes a long time to un-F your body from everything else that's going on, right? So you're flipping that spectrum to the exact opposite saying, well, listen, if I have one bad day, one bad day, you know, um, it's, it's not going to change the, the gains that you've had by living a healthy lifestyle. And I think that's the biggest shift that I've had to really, you know, get, get my head around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it is just the way that you think about food and the relationship that you have with it. And, you know, I guess we could do an entire podcast on, you know, the psychology and the food and the treatment mentality and the way you're brought up and the way that we see food and, you know, stress eating and comfort eating and all those things. Like that's a whole different rabbit hole that we could go down, but it's going to take time to overcome all those things. And, you know, it's things that are ingrained in you from you're a kid whenever you're, you know, the most susceptible to like, you know, building your habits and things like that. So it's not always just as easy as, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start eating healthy for the rest of my life. And that's fine. Like you yeah. will have issues that, you know, spanner in the works life event whatever it is like it, it is going to happen i think even to sort of credit jane and what she put into the group and to credit the group as well so jane reached out to me on monday basically being like apologizing almost because she had went off the rails or turned into a piss head which i think i don't know whether she was using her phrase or reusing my phrase um but she basically was away with work for a couple of days it was a free bar it was the environment and things like that and she was almost like apologetic to me and almost to the fact that she was like, I didn't actually want to put it into the group. And then obviously when she did, like the group fucking blew up, like people, you know, telling her it was okay, you know, the support, everything that sort of came along with it. But yep. it's sort of recognizing that I'm, and I hate to admit it, but I'm also a human. And uh, I think, you know, being a human and understanding that these things will happen is totally fine. And it's, as you said, it's, it's just not making that the habit. It's making the better choices. The habit is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And th then those habits are what, you know, are the staple for your success, right? You know, if, if your habits are, I'm going to stick within a certain, you know, uh, caloric intake, I'm going to monitor that. I'm going to do my workout and training. I'm going to do my resistance training. I'm going to do my steps or whatever it ends up being, you know, it, it, it becomes your lifestyle. And I just want to give a shout out again to uh, Dave Maynard, who I talked about before in a few podcasts ago, you know, who literally um, I was talking to him just over this weekend and we were talking about some other stuff. And uh, he said, dude, I can't believe the amount of success I'm having. I, my energy levels are through the roof. My, 
Um, fitness is through the roof. My ability to understand what I'm eating. He's like, um, he's like, he's like, I hate that people call this a diet. This isn't a diet. This is my lifestyle. And I love that because they got it right. They got the concept of if I do this, this will happen because this is the the journey that you're in long term, right? And that's the difference between these diets where you know somebody bounces on it for a week, two weeks, five weeks, even even those that can withstand it for three months or six months. But it is not a sustainable thing for the rest of your life. Now I understand there are some folks with health issues and things like that, so certain diets make sense. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you need to do what's going to be successful for you and what you can sustain. And you know, for me, this is the only thing that I've ever found that, that I know I can do for the rest of my life. Period. End of story. Right. Yeah, 100%. So, and, you know, anybody that I speak to, it, it is about that. And I'm very clear in, on the initial call that, you know, I don't look at someone and go, okay, Neil has a young family business owner. I'm going to put you in that box because I know that will work for you because it's bullshit. It's like, I need to go, right, okay, well, what dietary issues do you have in your household? What time restraints do you have in your household? What can you commit to, you know, what issues have you had with food in the past and treat everybody as an individual and we work it out for them and everything's so indiv- individualized for that person. That's what then makes it, makes it a success. Yep. Yeah, you can do it. Trust me. So speaking on the, the topic of, of high energy and, you know, performance and, and things to that effect, uh, I wanted to hit on the, the whole TRT side of the house um, or what we call testosterone replacement therapy or hormone replacement therapy in general, uh, which is more of the, the newer age term. So HRT versus uh, TRT. And, um, you know, one thing I want to caveat this with is that, you know, testosterone replacement therapy is not for everybody. Um, it's it's for, for people that have low amounts of testosterone uh, and are seeing very problematic symptoms of low testosterone that, you know, testosterone makes sense. Um, and, you know, as we age, especially as we get into our thirties, our testosterone starts to drop substantially, which has some very big impacts on um, our mental clarity, on our performance, on our health, on our metabolism, on a sex drive, you name it. it, it hits us on every aspect. And this also goes for women in estrogen. And so there's a lot of, lot of studies coming out now um, on the long-term effects of TRT and it's, it's, it's all on the positive front. Um, and, and so when we talk about TRT, we're not talking about, you know, injection of steroids. Now, granted testosterone is, 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 is a steroid. I mean, it's, it's what your body uses to produce, you know, muscles and everything else and to, you know, increase a lot of different aspects of your body. But at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about something that's naturally occurring in your body. We're not talking about, you know, anabolic steroids that are, you know, um, specifically designed for performance enhancing pieces. This is, you know, and, and I'll tell you a little bit of my story on, on TRT. Um, when I started down this journey, uh, I had a friend of mine message me and I, and I was just getting started with you. Um, you know, I was having a lot of good success with it, but I was, I was experiencing just lack of energy, lack of drive, lack of, you know, my, my mental fog, um, my ability to, you know, uh, my, 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 my brain capacity, everything was just like at a low state, even though I was working out and, and eating healthy. And I had my testosterone levels, uh, checked and, uh, I was in the, the mid two hundreds, which is extremely low for my age, um, is extremely low regardless of, of age. Uh, and so, you know, I, I did some research. I talked to a few friends. I talked to my doctor. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Talk to your doctor. The one thing I'll say is that a lot of new um, PCPs, your general doctors, aren't up to speed on the latest research on TRT. So you want to find a specialist in those areas. And most doctors, if they're 
good doctors will will recognize that and say, hey, you need to go to a specialist to to talk through this. Um, but I, I will tell you, uh, I, I can look back and say TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, was one of the single best decisions that I think I've ever made on this journey, aside from hiring Ben and aside from getting the nutrition down and aside from my workout routines. Um, it has literally made me feel like I'm back in my 20s again uh, from a health perspective. And just because we are getting older doesn't mean we need to feel like shit as we're getting older. Um, you know, Testosterone has so many amazing benefits for you performance-wise, but also just your long longevity, cardiovascular, um, you know, organ-wise. There's so many amazing benefits of testosterone that, you know, if you are feeling any of those symptoms of, you know, no, no energy, sluggishness, et cetera, get your, get your blood work checked and ask the, to get your testosterone levels uh, checked as well. And I'd also recommend um, getting your T3, T4, and TSH levels from your thyroid because that regulates uh, your metabolism checked as well. Um, those are some of the key areas there that has made a huge difference in, um, uh, how I feel my mental clarity, everything has just literally balanced itself out and I'm performing at a different level than I ever have been in my entire life. Yeah. I think I wanted to sort of break this down because it's, it's different. How it's viewed is different over here to over there. And I had yeah. a conversation with Matt earlier on. I was like, how do I approach this subject? Because over here anything that involves a needle or the word testosterone or whatever is a taboo subject. And people are like, Oh no, I can't talk about it or we can't do that. And I think this comes from people abusing it. And you yeah. know, you, you automatically have a certain sort of prejudice towards it or whatever, but I think how it's viewed over there. And I hope that eventually it's the same over here that, you know, whenever I had that call with them all from um, HRT, you know, what they're trying to do is give people back a better quality of life for longer term. And as you said, you know, once we hit 30, testosterone levels start to drop. And for me, after having the conversation with you, my sort of thought process is, okay, well, maybe mine aren't as low as, you know, they're not in a like super low level, but if I can sort of start to like preempt this and sort of get ahead of it. It means that if they do get super low, then I don't need to have to do anything drastic to bring them up. I can sort of just maintain them at a good level and sort of, as we said, you know, we want to optimize them as best possible. Um, and I think, you know, obviously testosterone, it is a hormone in humans. It's more, obviously there's more in males than there is in females, but females do, do produce it too. And once that starts to, to dip, as you said, you know, it's a decrease in sex drive. It's, you know, less energy, your body doesn't process or handle food. You know, you can see weight gain, low self-esteem, low confidence, you know, even anything down to less hair on your body. Like it, the amounts of effects that it has on your body is outstanding. And people just put it down to age and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting old. Like they just write it off. And I think again, like I said, you know, what the guys at AMHRT and other clinics are doing, they're sort of normalizing the whole process. And one of the best things that, that I found from being able to talk to you about it and talk to the other guys about it and being able to talk to new clients that I onboard about it and even them come to me and be like, look, I don't really know what to do with this. And I'm like, I can literally give you four or five or six people who have been through exactly what you've been through and you can have a conversation with them about it and, you know, being able to give them a real world experience, as you said, as you've talked about. And, you know, anybody that I speak to from a client perspective, they feel fucking amazing. And, you know, I can't awesome. reiterate that enough. Now, obviously, you know, there are drawbacks and there are negatives and, you know, as with anything, something needs to give somewhere. But I think for me, you know, if it's done well and if it's managed well, as I said, you know, where you guys are, it's done clinically and it's prescribed here. Not so much. You have to sort of manage it yourself. It's a bit 
back alley, like on street pharmacist kind of setup that you don't really want to have to deal with. But if you're managing it well and if you have an understanding of actually what you're doing and why you're doing it, I think, you know, to me, it's a no brainer. Caveat to that is it's not going to totally change your life by itself. It's another piece of the puzzle. Yes. It's at the top of if, the. If your nutrition and everything else is not there, then I mean, I wouldn't recommend even bouncing with it because, you know, you're all kind of fucked up in a lot of different areas. So. <laughs> Yeah, deal with those areas first. And, yeah. you know, it is, again, it's something that people will look at. And it's probably why it's so, so like taboo over here that people look at that as like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm going to go and do this and it's going to really help me. And I think there's a difference between doing it from a health perspective and doing it because you have low self esteem, low sex drive, you know, no energy, all those things and wanting to improve those areas of your life so that you yeah. can feel good long term. And doing it because you just want to get fucking jacked and you know you know you're abusing it and you're way above your normal levels and you're in that sort of super physiological range that you just do not need to be in yeah. and then that's whenever you you know you move into the the negative side effects and i'm not totally well versed in terms of like the when you would start to see side effects um and what the sort of limits to that are but i know that i'm pretty sure it's anything above like 500 or 600 milligrams per week you start to see the negative side effects and you know again i had a conversation about this earlier on that there's always that sort of like relationship with our roid rage and stuff like that and any research that i've done and anybody that i've spoken to and you know youtube videos and whatever else it's not necessarily that steroids or testosterone make you an angry person from my knowledge and like i said anything that i've looked at it enhances your personality so if you're already a dick you're just going to be more of a dick right. But right. if you're already a good person, you know, or, you know, you're already an energetic person, you know, you're going to be more of those things. And the same, if you're already an emotional person, it's going to make you more of an emotional person because at the end of the day, it's a hormone and not to pick on females. But if anybody has sort of that with a female or is a female and their hormones are a bit out of whack, they're emotional people. So, you know, it is on a hormonal level. It's not something that you should just sort of take for granted. It's not something that you should really do by yourself it needs to be if possible prescribed managed well make sure your levels are checked on a regular basis and make sure you're doing what's right for you and not just because some fella in the gym said if you take this you can grow two inches on your biceps yeah and and i you know to to also emphasize you know when you start looking at some of the the effects of it i just want to read uh you know to use some of the the side effects of low testosterone you know you have Reduced sex drive, reduced erectile dysfunction, loss of body hair, lot, uh, less beard growth, loss of lean muscle mass, feeling very tired all the time or fatigue, obesity, symptoms of depression, low energy levels or endurance for physical strength, poor memory, difficulty finding words to say, poor focus, uh, not doing well at work. Those are all, you know, symptomatic areas of, of low testosterone. And, you know, um, I, there was somebody just in the, uh, the Discord channel the other day that shared their experience. They, they went and got tested for testosterone. We're in the hundreds, which is, ridiculously low from a testosterone perspective and had been struggling with all the stuff, you know, is now just starting um, testosterone. And, and one thing I want to just shoot out there really quick is that I could care less. Um, you know, there'll be some people like, Oh, you're not natural. You know, you, you know, you're not, um, you know, like you're on TRT. So you instantly get jacked because, you know, you're taking testosterone. That's bullshit. You know, like, you know, listen, my levels are in the, low percentage of what normal people have, first of all. Um, so, you know, I'm at an extreme disadvantage from a, a body chemical perspective because I have something wrong where my body's not producing enough testosterone for my myself. But second, you know, uh, 
just by taking testosterone doesn't get you jacked in any way, shape or form. Your nutrition has to be spot on your weightlifting and resistance training has to be spot on. The whole lifestyle thing comes into play here. So if you start taking testosterone, you're not doing all this stuff. You're not going to get jacked. You're not going to get muscular. It's not going to magically happen. Um, you need to do the, you know, you need to do the things that, that we talk about here in order for that to be successful. But I'll tell you again, as soon as I started doing it, um, you know, and, and, and to explain kind of the process here, um, I use a company called IAMHRT. Uh, so IAMHRT.com. Uh, a link and, in the show notes. Yeah. And, and Emil um, is, is the, the founder of that. And, and you know, he, he what's great with Emil is uh, his approach is, is less on just testosterone, but what does your body need to balance itself out from a blood work perspective? You know, where are your, you know, where are your organs not providing the, the value for your body? So it's not just testosterone, it's other areas as well. So, what I do is I have uh, essentially two intramuscular shots that I have to take Monday and Wednesday. Um, I'm sorry, Monday and Friday, just to ensure that my, 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 my testosterone levels maintain a certain level throughout the time. And, you know, I've gradually increased the amount of testosterone based on the blood work, but it's taken me about a year to get to where I'm at right now. Um, and so I take two shots basically Monday and Friday, and then I take an estrogen blocker, which is called Anisrol. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to ensure that I don't have too much estradiol or estrogen uh, in my body, which is you know can have negative effects in men. Um, obviously, conversely, different for women. And then uh, I also um, do what's called HCG, um, which is a, um, a chemical signal to your body to tell your testicles to continue to produce testosterone, so that you don't. Uh, what will happen on testosterone uh, replacement therapy is that if you're you know, introducing high levels of testosterone into your body, um, your, your, your brain basically doesn't send signals for your, your testicles to produce testosterone and, and your, your testicles then start to shrink and kind of shrivel up because they're not being used. Um, so HGD, uh, is, is kind of the, the stopgap for that where it's a, you know, simulating the, the, uh, communication from your body saying, Hey, testicles produce testosterone. So you still are producing testosterone through your testicles as well as, um, you know, uh, having testosterone through, through, um, injections as well. And, you know, those levels are something that, you know, we'll take adjustment and, and to see how you react with, they'll typically start you off at a pretty low dosage to see how your body reacts to it. If you have any side effects, um, things that affect uh, some side effects could be like acne, for example. Um, you know, uh, those, those, are the, that, that's the main one that I know of is, is acne. Um, but, uh, you know, just to see how you react to it and then, you know, to see how you're feeling. And I can tell you within about, four weeks of me being on testosterone replacement therapy, I, I, I noticeably was a different person. Um, and, you know, but it continuously got better as I started introducing, I kind of found my, my balance spot. Um, I'm now in the thousand marker or so for, for testosterone where, where I'm at, whereas before I was in the, 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 the mid, you know, 200 range there. So um, I've had a lot of success with it. And I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it, it really was with everything coming together on the nutrition and fitness side, it really was a life-changing experience for me um, altogether. Just, you know, the energy, the, um, you know, and, and there's there's uh, another thing, again, from a Human Labs podcast. Um, but what's interesting is when you, when you are riding normal to higher levels of testosterone, the receptors in your brain actually enjoy uh, lifting weights. So uh, lifting weights becomes a positive experience versus a negative experience, believe it or not. Um, and there's actually like a lot of cool studies that are coming out now around food. So let's just say you hate, you hate kale. Okay. So kale, I don't know anybody that likes kale, like that actually enjoys eating kale, but, um, there's actually two types of triggers in your body when you eat food of whether or not you like it. The first is your taste buds. 
But that's actually a small percentage of what you actually interpret in your brain of what you like. Um, your brain actually is 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 built off of um, uh, insulin uh, spikes or glycogen uh, type type foods, so like high sugar, fatty foods. And so, uh, if you if you actually take kale and you mix it with something that that you really like, that's sugary or that has the ability to you know spike glucose levels. Um, over a span of about 10 days, you will actually retrain your body to like kale because your body thinks that it's going to spike glucose then. And so your, your mind trigger and your taste buds change to like that food. Um, it's very similar on the testosterone front. The more testosterone that, that you are increasing, the, the, the more enjoyment you get um, body-wise out of doing exercise and activity because your body responds to that much, much well. So there's, there's so many different aspects that this changes um, for you as an individual. And again, just because we're getting into our late thirties, early forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, doesn't mean we have to feel like shit. We can, we can take control of that and really balance our, our bodies to maximize them in the way that we want to, to, to feel as best as we possibly can. I'll tell you again, I've said it before on other podcasts, but this is the best I've ever felt in my entire life. Hands down. No, no, no questions about it. And, and I'm kicking everyone's ass at orange theory, even though they don't know it. Um, you know, it's, it's totally a competition like today, uh, totally kicked everybody's ass. Um, but, uh, you know, again, and I'm not, I'm not, not doing it. No one knows I'm competing with everybody else. It's just a little mental thing that I do uh, with myself, but, uh, you know, and, and I was the only one to complete the, the catch me if you can at, you know, 3.17 miles, you know, it's like, again, I'm, I'm beating 20 year olds, 25 year olds, but that's because of the work that I put in. And making sure that I'm balanced out appropriately from from a body perspective, mind and body. Yeah, I think the funny thing about you saying, like, you know, you're the best you've ever felt. And every week when you continue to get better, you're like, I just can't get my head around it. Like, yeah. how can I continuously feel better? Yeah. And I'd like to sort of come back to your point about what you're saying. You know, I do not give a flying fuck about if people have anything to say about me using testosterone or testosterone replacement therapy. I have a pretty good understanding of what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, the effects on my body and everything else that I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for a reason other than preempting, I guess, getting older. Um, and I think, you know, that is, that, I guess that's been, truth be told, that's became, become a sort of something I've had to overcome because again, just with the stigma that it has over here and I guess being able to speak about it a lot more openly with you and other guys has, has made that a lot easier. The other thing that I want to say is, you know, doing it the way you're doing it through a lab, through getting it prescribed, you know, medically is definitely, definitely the way that I would go if I had that available over here. Because like you're saying, you know, they're able to tell you, okay, right, you need to take this for this. You need to take this because of this and you take this because of this. And they will sort of preempt any like negative side effects or any sort of negatives that are going to come along with it. And they already have you know, the answer to whatever the question would be. And whenever I spoke to him, I like th he told me that they do a very extensive blood panel, like more than you would get from your doctor. Now, I understand that it's a business and they probably do it because they have a product to sell you at the end of every single one, which is absolutely fine. And anybody that I spoke to that I've, you know, we've talked about doing it. I'm never a person saying that, yes, you need to go and do this. I will definitely suggest that everybody gets their blood work done and, you know, assess it from that. The other thing that I would say is, you know, Yes, have a conversation with them. Yes, take their recommendations on board, but just don't decide there and then based on what they're telling you. You know, speak to a coach, speak to a doctor, speak to somebody who knows what they're actually talking about and then make a decision for that and sort of weigh up the options as to, right, okay, what does this actually entail long term? Yeah. And I think the thing, again, you know, from speaking to him out, he's a very humble guy, but what he's been able to do and what he's doing 
goes beyond what normal doctors and not normal sort of medical people will say. And I think, like you said, you know, doctors aren't well versed in it and nothing against doctors, but they sort of get their degree, read the textbook and everything sort of goes by the book and they're not willing to sort of go like off that or they're not allowed to go off that. And one thing that I'll touch on is that, you know, he mentioned that they also can prescribe peptides. And I know, you know, a couple of other guys have used it from a recovery perspective. And again, after a bit of research and a conversation with Helmy, you know, what that actually, like that's literally stem cells and recovery in your body. Like that is to me. And again, you know, I'll use Amal's words, you know, it's the future of medicine. They just won't yeah. accept it yet because of actually getting it to there. And, you know, there's ones that I knew that were just from a recovery side of things in terms of if you have an injured shoulder or whatever it is. CRJ-19 something, is it what it was? Yeah, C but I, again, you know, I was having a comp... I, there was research done with one, uh, I think it's TP500, and there was studies done about how it was actually able to replenish scar tissue or recover scar tissue in the liver from people who had liver cancer. And I was like, to be able to actually do that from a product... Like, it's just thinking outside the box. And, you know, again, full disclosure, I haven't probably spoken about this to anybody really, but my mom is actually going through the liver cancer surgery tomorrow and being able to go and do that research and speak to these people to get to know that there's other ways that I can help her and other things that I can do to benefit her beyond what she's going to get recommended by being able to speak to people who are experts in their field is absolutely you know, an incredible experience and something that I'm very grateful to be able to do. Yeah, I think there's a few of those peptides like uh, CJC uh, 1295 or IP is one, uh, IGF 1, MGF, and thymosin beta 4. There's BPC something, yeah. BPC 157 or something like that. Yeah, the peptides and there's are difference obviously awesome. between. Yeah, there's difference between, you know, localized and systemic and things like that. And, you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down. But I guess this literally comes down to, you know, hacking your health like yeah. going beyond what the norm is and going beyond you know actually trying to understand your body and how you can improve it in any which way if it is a case of you feel like you can't do something because you have an injury there are ways to overcome that you know it maybe is a bit off the wall and whatever but if it's going to benefit you it's definitely in my eyes worth worth a try so i feel like people are easy to give up on certain things whenever there's generally a solution out there if you just go looking for it and you do it in the right way yeah, and, and, and just to cover um, the benefits of TRT, and I also want to cover um, estrogen uh, for, for HRT for women as well, because I think it's important to understand that, you know, if you, um, the, the whole menopause aspect of things. So in testosterone, the main benefits or what testosterone is used for in your body is the development, obviously, of the penis and testes, um, but the deepening of voice during puberty. So I don't need any help with those, those, I guess, uh, or at least the, the deepening of voice part, um, the appearance of facial and public hair. Um, but the, the big, big components of, of when it's used from a TRT perspective afterwards is muscle size and strength, your bone growth, which is extremely important, especially as we age, our bone density starts to decrease as we get older, TRT helps with maintaining that, which means that we stay stronger, longer, more nibble, the ability to, you know, do things, uh, have less, you know, injuries and, and prone to accidents. Um, so bone density is a, a huge, huge, uh, piece of this, um, as well as sex drive and all of the different benefits you get along with that for women, uh, on the estrogen side, there's a lot of great studies out there coming out now that if you start HRT and, it, and if you start afterwards, it's fine as well. But if you start HRT, uh, I, um, additional estrogen, 
prior to menopause, there are some major health benefits for that, uh, including um, reduced risk of death. Uh, so that's obviously what you want to see um, on those side is you know longevity of your health and, and, and well-being. And so if you're um, taking something like um, estrogen replacement, um, it has reduced risk of osteoporosis uh, and reduced risk of breaking bones, improved mood and overall sense of mental well-being in women, uh, decreased uh, tooth loss, lower risk of colon cancer, lower risk of diabetes, mon- uh, modest improvements in joint pains, lower death rate for women who take hormone replacement in their 50s. So there's there's so many different benefits um, of, of hormone replacement therapy that you can do to optimize your body. And again, I'm not advocating for, you know, abuse of this in any way, shape or form. What I'm advocating for is getting to a normal level within your body where you feel good to where you can have the lifestyle that you want to feel good. And as you age, you start to have the benefits of everything else that, that comes along with that if you're able to maintain your good good balance of body level uh, stuff. So I get blood work done re- uh, frequently with them. So if you're interested in the, the whole process, and, and just give me an example with, with IMHRT, what, what you do basically is I think it's 40 bucks or your insurance company may cover it as well. Um, but you they send you to a local lab corp, you get your blood work done that ha- and it has, you know, basically a full panel of everything, your testosterone, uh, you know, your TSH, T3, T4 levels, everything that, that you'd want to look at from a blood panel perspective to see where you're at. Hey, what's my current health look like? Uh, and then from there, they they say, well, you know, hey, you're you're good, you know, you're doing fine, you know, you don't, you know, everything's balanced out, you're looking great. Or here are some areas that we recommend for improvement, you know, based off of the the blood work that you have coming back and what your body's going through. So, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say I had perfect blood work come back for the first time in, in a very long time just recently, and you know, my doctor, my, my PCP, was like, I, I don't see 39 year olds in this type of shape. Uh, anymore. And again, that's because, because we're hacking our health. It's, it's optimizing our body to be as best as we possibly can. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't feel any shame with that. Anybody that, that you know, wants to shame me for using TRT can, can F off. I have zero care about them. Uh, it's, 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 you know, helped me out, uh, in my journey and my health. And that's, that's the most important piece that I care about. Yeah. I think it's, you know, what I want to get from this, and you know, I think it's a, it's a really admirable thing to be able to do is actually be able to speak about it openly because it is sort of like you know a taboo subject, and people have a negative sort of stigma on it, which is fine, fuck them. But you know, if you can actually understand the role that it has in your body and why you're doing it, then I I don't see anything wrong with it at all. Now, you know, talking about being natural and things like that. Obviously, there's a blurred line between athletes and things like that. And, you know, if you were doing it in a performance sense of way to get the edge on somebody else, then, yeah, okay, to be totally get it. Like, that is unfair. But we're not doing it for that reason. We're not competitive athletes. I know that you maybe beat people in Orange Theory, but it's not a tested, you know, um, it's not a tested no. thing. So doing it for the, the health benefits and doing it for longevity of life. And, you know, even again, the conversation that I had earlier, you know, if you think about low testosterone levels and low sex drive, like the effect that that can have on your relationship and the mood and how that sort of ripple effects come out, you know, there's so many more effects to it than you probably know. And it's, you know, I, I don't think if I weren't to coach, I don't think it would ever be something that I would look into because I don't, you know, I never would have the inkling to go rip. Maybe I need to get this checked. Whereas, as I said, you know, the reason that I did go and get a check and the reason that I did start it was because I'm like, right, okay, from 30, it starts to decrease. I'm 33. I'm like, if I can catch this early, it's not going to be so extreme down the line. So again, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not saying that you need to go and do it. Everybody needs to start taking testosterone with some therapy, but I'm yeah. definitely saying go and get your blood work checked, speak to a professional and make a decision yourself. Because, you know, if you, if you wear it up in terms of how 
what it's going to benefit your life. And to me, it's a no brainer. And that's, and, they, and that's the whole part of the discussion of this podcast, right? Is to be open and honest uh, with everybody on, on our experiences, what we've gone through. Um, you know, obviously we're not doctors, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to make the best decisions that are for us as an individual to, you know, accomplish our goals that we want to, whether that's nutrition, whether that's our mindset, whether that's, you know, TRT, whatever. Again, we're not advocating that you go out there and, and start injecting yourself with testosterone. That's not what you want to do. You know, you want to get a professional opinion, see where your blood works at. And, and at the very least, just get your blood work done to see where you're at. You know, you know, are your kidneys functioning appropriately? Is your liver functioning appropriately? You know, what's your thyroid look like? Um, you know, what was interesting about my blood work that I found really uh, important was that, you know, I had a partial thyroidectomy where they removed part of my thyroid. Um, I had a thyroid nodule that had been growing out of control um, and happened to find it when I was trying to find what was going on with my jaw issues. They, they did a uh, scan and the ultrasound, they found the, the nodule there about an accident. And uh, got that removed, um, and my thyroid levels have been fine for a number of years. My left side of my thyroid, which is still there, hey little guy, um, you know, uh, I think it's more like up here, um, hey little guy, um, but uh, uh, you know, started to, to slack off and uh, wasn't doing so good without his, his, his twin brother there, and so um, you know, when my blood works came back uh, with my TSH levels that were elevated, and what TSH is is, is basically the the chemical that your brain requests to your thyroid to instruct your thyroid to produce T3 and T4 um, chemicals for your body, which regulates, you know, your body temperature. Um, you know, there, there's obviously hyper and hypothyroidism uh, where you have an underactive or overactive um, thyroid. And the issue that I had was, is that my TSH, so my T3 and T4 levels were fine. They were in within normal ranges, but my TSH levels were extremely high elevated, which means that you know, my thyroid is not able to keep up with the amount of T3 and T4 that my body needs. Um, most specifically, T3 is the most important one. Um, and and so it's continuously working over overdrive, trying to produce enough um, T3 for my body and never gets a break. And what's actually really interesting about that is around those same times, I started having uh, 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 afternoon crashes where I would just crash hard. Like I would be on the couch and you wouldn't see me for an hour and a half because I needed that, that, that midday nap. And I couldn't explain why, because nothing had changed in my diet. Nothing had changed, you know, from a testosterone perspective. I was doing well. Um, nothing had changed, and 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 except for that, when I got my blood work back, and so I worked with my endo uh, endo, uh, so I've an endocrinologist, um, you know, that, I, that I've had since I've had the the, the thyroidectomy, and uh, she started putting me on, you know, something called Synthroid, which is basically, you know, um, T3 uh, hormones that allow my my thyroid to get a break. And they start off slow and they gradually, you know, test your levels to see what the, the right balance is for you. And what I found is that as soon as I started taking it, my afternoon crashes went away completely gone. I, I don't have afternoon crashes anymore. I don't have times where I'm just like, I have to go on the couch and pass out. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll get on the couch and I crash out, but it's not the consistent day crashes I was experiencing with lack of energy. I just literally, I had to go take a nap. Right. And that's all for my blood work. So men, especially you're the worst at this. Get your freaking blood work done. See what's going on in your body and make adjustments accordingly because it's only going to benefit you in the long term for how you feel. Yeah, and I'll put I'll put the link to IMHRT in the show notes. Um, and I ninety nine percent sure I'm out there that it you know getting your blood work done is covered by your health insurance. Yeah. I'll put the link to Medichecks that I use here in the UK. Um, and you can get your blood work done with that. But I think your point there of getting it done regularly to see. Is anything changing on what's going on? It's not just a case of get it done once and be like, oh, okay, brilliant, everything's fine. 
and then don't do anything about it. It's a case of, you know, things will change, you know, stress levels will change, work will change, your body will change, you know, your training will change. All these things change over time. So I would recommend get it done at least every six months if you can. Um, and then just obviously make adjustments that you need to. And, you know, you're exactly right. Men are the worst for it in terms of they will just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it until it becomes a big problem. Whereas if you get it done regularly, then you maybe know, okay, well, this is slightly off. If I can fix this now, then it's not going to be a bigger issue down the line. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, I'll put the links in and I would definitely, definitely recommend getting it done. Even I'm not in any way, you know, it's not a case of get it done because then you can start taking testosterone. Get it done to make sure everything's functioning yeah. fine and everything is working as it should. Yeah. And I think, I think we hit it, hit it home on that. I, listen, I, I can't advocate enough, not, not specifically for TRT, but just understanding your body. Right. You know, and, and, you know, that you might be, um, and there's also, uh, one last thing I'll hit on, you know, before we wrap it up is, um, micronutrient testing is also really good as well. You can see, you know, potential deficiencies in, in where you might be getting certain micronutrients. I found out that I was calcium deficient. Um, so, you know, there are micro and, you know, micronutrient testing, uh, things you could do as well from blood work. Um, but, the, the overall panels, the, the lipid panels that you do, the full panels that, um, you know, IMH or T or, you, you know, you can request from your doctor can do. That information is so valuable. Uh, I, I actually really get excited when I have to get blood work because I'm like, I get to see, like, what's going on in my body. Is there anything I can tweak or mess around with, you know, um, you know, to, to make it better. Right. And um, and, you know, what's what's great is is it's all under your control, like your body. And how you maximize it is under your control. You know, obviously, do it within reason. Do it under the supervision of a doctor. Um, but we do not have to feel like shit when we get older. Uh, and that's that's the biggest takeaway that I can I can hopefully instill into everybody here is that you don't have to feel like shit. Uh, you can fix that and you can you can move it forward. So both in health, fitness, mindset, everything, uh, it all comes together and into one unity where your body just is a machine. It's a chemical machine that we're optimizing, right? We're putting in new oil. Or we're, we're doing all this other stuff. We're hacking that. We're hacking it, man. We're putting a V8 or V10 engine in, into our into our bodies, and uh, that's that's the best part about it. So, yeah, I think we nailed it. Covered a lot, man. Calories, fitness stories, uh, you know, hacking your health merch. Huh? I can't wait to get the uh, the uh, the the hoodie. I'll wear that with pride as well. So, <laughs> I feel like now that I've mentioned it in the last podcast, now that people will have seen it, they're going to expect it. So we need to get super on the ball with that this week. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, I, that, that's exciting. I know a lot of people are really excited about that. So, um, but I do want to yeah. say, hey, really quick. So, since you up my calories, I I've been checking my body fat percentage because I know that that's a really good measurement of everything. But uh, two twenty six and twelve percent body fat is pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, when yeah. we do our cutting oh, yeah. phase, that'll come down even more, which I'm, I'm I can't wait to see uh, where that comes through. So again, this is always about hacking yourself and figuring things out and. Uh, I thought you were crazy by upping my calories, but thank you very much for doing it because I'm in a different place I've never, I've never been at before. So, Yeah, and I think, you know, as I said, just to sort of let everybody know that, you know, I'm going to continue to push them until we come to the end of this part of the phase and then we're going to reassess and then we're going to move into a cup. And I think, you know, obviously being able to do that and take you up to a certain level, but I think you being able to tell your story and the experience as you go through that as well would be invaluable to people who are just like, they just, you know, I know there's people in the Discord channel that are, you know, they're lost in terms of what to do with a cut and whatever. So how we manage it and everything that we do, obviously we'll document it throughout the, the podcast. Yep. Look forward to it. Well, hey, another week, another podcast, another episode. Tune in, uh, you know, obviously join our Discord server. It's discord.gg slash hacking your health. Um, you know, check us out on Spotify, Apple, everywhere else. Um, we'll have merch here soon. And, uh, you know, use the hashtag on social media on, on WeHackHealth. You know, it's a great community of people really sharing experiences. And obviously, you motivate us, folks. Um, you know, if you, 
I, it's so awesome to see this movement come through, you know, the security industry and others as well, you know, um, to, to really start to help and change people's mindsets around health. And, and, and listen, I believe in you. I know you can do it. Um, you know, just put in the time, put in the work and repetition and you will be successful at what you do here. So I want to thank everybody for, for sharing their experiences. We love seeing it. Yeah. What he said, <laughs> right. Catch you next week. See you Thanks. next week. Bye.